we don't like where we are, um, but more importantly about not liking where we are, it's about what we do about it as we move forward, and we won't blink. Um, we, need to, we just need to continue to get better. We need more detail in our play, more understanding, and that'll produce the splash that'll get us out of stadiums. It's not enough splash. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Good morning, Steelers Nation, and welcome inside the locker room here on a Monday. Wesley Euler in for Craig Wolfley as we get you rocking and rolling here. Max Starks flanking the show as always. We got you there, Max. Can you hear me? Everything all good? No, not yet? All right, we're still waiting for uh, for Max to chime in. But in the meantime, you guys know where to get involved. If you want to join us over the next two hours, you can get on the phone lines, 412 412- 919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. Young Jacob will get you up and on the board. We'll take your questions, your comments, your concerns, your reactions today as we roll along. And I'm sure there is plenty of that reaction out there. You know where to get at us if you want to get involved. We have got plenty to talk to. Steelers falling to the Packers 27-17, to the final score Yesterday, up at the hollowed grounds of Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Steelers falling to one in three. Now three straight losses on the season since that opening week win up in Buffalo against the Bills. And it started out well for your Pittsburgh Steelers. They broke the streak. We were all feeling good to start things out. An early touchdown, a opening drive touchdown uh, only for the second time in the last 38 games for your Pittsburgh Steelers. First first quarter points in 11 games. We were feeling good. But then after that, there was certainly, um, I think, plenty to be desired. We can all agree on that one. So where do we go from here? What is the the get-right opportunity for the Steelers. How do you start moving this thing in the right direction? Those will be all the topics that we will discuss from today, or that we will discuss today, I should say. We'll obviously hit on the blocked field goal controversy, everything going on with the offense, the defense as well, too. And, and, and we want your opinion on these things. So you can get on the phone lines, you can get at us, you can join in on the conversation with the show here today. It feels like we're going to want to talk a lot about the quarterback, a lot about the offense, and certainly uh, I think plenty of you will want to air some grievances with the officiating as well, too. I believe we now have Max Starks here rocking and rolling in the locker room. Max, this is Wes Euler. I believe you got me. How we doing, partner? I'm doing okay, Wes. Uh, Still uh, kind of dealing with Green Bay and the after effects here. (laughs) So I, uh, I believe Max but, is there, Jacob, if you can, if you can, yeah, if you can pump him into my, uh, into my ears, I, I was unable to hear anything there. Um, but Max, uh, obviously a lot of, for us to get to here this morning in the locker room, um, what are kind of maybe let's, let's just start at the top, right? Your, your, your first thoughts, how are you feeling today? What's the kind of at the, the forefront of your mind as we sit here now, um, coming off a third straight loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers? You know, I, I look at this, Wes, and, and you know, it, it, it's a matter of frustration at this point. I know that I, I gave it six weeks to see this offense kind of gel and get together. But after seeing that first drive and how everything went so well mm. in the first quarter, it was just a shame that you didn't see the you didn't see that kind of continue and sustain itself throughout the game consistently 
Yeah. No. And yeah, it was it was a frustrating thing. I mean, it was really frustrating uh, to be on the sidelines and, and watch that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially with the way I, I'm glad you started there because that's kind of what was at the forefront of my mind. There was that there was that optimism early. You know, that that's something it feels like, man, going on on three years now, we've all been talking about how the Steelers need to start faster, how the offense needs to, you know, more points on opening possessions, more points in the first quarter. You finally go out and do that. And it felt like that real kind of emotional lift that you had been looking for, right? Things didn't go your way against the Raiders. Things didn't go your way against the Bengals. You're frustrated. You're playing a very good Packers team, you know, one that's been in the NFC Championship game two years running and, of course, has, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League in Aaron Rodgers. You get the ball first. You have a nice drive down the field, score a touchdown, early touchdown, um, first first quarter points in 11 games, only the second time in your last 38 games that you've had a touchdown on your opening drive. It, that was the perfect start that you needed. I just think, unfortunately, um, from that point, maybe it, it wasn't the momentum building, kind of that galvanizing moment for the offense that we had hoped it could be. Well, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it was it was a thing of beauty, and then – you know, you 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 see them just looking like a team that's gotten it right. It's like, okay, Matt Canada has now kind of understood his personnel, right? And you didn't see a lot of motion, and I thought that was what helped the run game early on, especially, was because you kind of stayed stationary. Did maybe one one quick motion when 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 guys were getting set, so that you this young offensive line could declare they could figure out who they were going to and there wasn't a lot of motioning during the snap so i was happy to see that because i thought that was something that we needed to do and then we kind of got into the game and then the motioning started showing up again and then the timing was off once again and it was just one of those things where you saw it kind of going it's, it's like that car that that you're like man okay listen <laughs> go downhill take it off the emergency brake and then pump it three times and hit the key right you know it was like it was like okay okay we, we figured out we it's got its it's got its quirks and going. we finally got them figured yeah. out yeah yeah and then and then it's like you got flat land and it sputtered again and i'm like ah so it's just yeah it, it, it's frustrating and I, and I know there were some things that were going on on the sidelines you know conversations on telephones and everything else so it's just it's one of those things you're just you're frustrated because you see what it can be at moments it's just you don't get the complete game you don't get those opportunities and then when you do go for it on fourth down hmm. throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage is not going to win it it's not going to do it it's not going to do it we, we it's, it's way too many games we've seen it in fourth down situations i don't know what the call is i don't know how they do but a swing pass to Najee cannot be the first option than that. No, no, it absolutely let a guy win downfield. It absolutely cannot, right? And then in the fourth quarter, you throw short of the sticks uh, to Juju Smith-Schuster once again on fourth down. Uh, that is frustrating. I, I think we all know Max. Sometimes the the fans can be a little hyperbolic with some of these things, but you know when you have what we've seen. Um, or what we saw, I should say, against the Bengals, and then it kind of feels like, hey, I've seen this fish before to Najee, and then again, short of the sticks to Juju. I, I certainly do understand that frustration. Let me ask you this then, because you, you, know, you said just a few minutes ago at the start of the segment that 
that, that you know you expected this offense to take some time, you know, to to come together. I think you mentioned maybe six weeks, and I think we all knew that that was a, a realistic possibility. Uh, ben even spoke about that ahead of the you know the opener against the Bills, talking about how. New offensive line coach, new offensive coordinator, you know, four rookies starting on the offense, two of them being offensive linemen, four new offensive linemen in total. This was going to be a unit that took some time to come together, particularly, I think, when, you know, you mentioned the motion and the play action, the pre-snap movement, a lot of those things that we know are staples of the offense that Matt Canada wants to run. When you're looking at those things, and 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 you mentioned, and I, you know, I love getting the the keen football eye of of people like yourselves in in these moments, you know, mentioning how you, you thought the run game was working more successfully to start until maybe they reverted to some of those things. It, does it? Can you look at that? How how am I trying to say this? Can you look at that like glass half full? Can you look at that optimistically and think, okay, maybe they are starting to piece it together slowly. Or is it getting to that point now? All right, this was week four. You can't really, you know, it's 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 more difficult to, um, you know, to to learn on the job at this point when obviously you need to start getting results. No, I mean you, you can still look at it glass half full, but I think the frustration is is that when you do see it click in those moments, and you're like, why don't you just stick with that or create something easy? Hmm consistently with that you know why are we now going back to guessing and throwing darts and doing things that are uncharacteristic that weren't that weren't as successful when you first started doing them if that makes sense yeah right you know it's like okay this is good let's stick with that and let's hammer it until they give us a reason not to as opposed to okay we did this a couple times now we need to do something different it's like no if it ain't broke don't fix it right 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 (laughs) absolutely my favorite song's my favorite song. I'm not going to go listen to the rest of the album if I found my favorite song. <laughs> you know? I got I got my favorite TV show, Max. I don't need to be switching yeah. around on Netflix late at night looking for something new. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I'm not I'm not going to Squid Game just yet. You know, I still got plenty <laughs> of episodes left to go in this series. You know, um, but I think the biggest thing is is that it's that consistency. You know, and I guess for me because. When I played, you know, if we had to play and we were in a position where we had to inflict our will and wear a team down, we would call the same play three times in a row mm. and dare you to stop us. Right. You know what's coming, but stop us. Yeah. yeah. And that's a mentality builder. That, that, that's, that's one of those things where, you, where you're now flexing your, your toughness and your muscle against the team. Now, I get it. Hey, listen, Kenny Clark, like Wolf, like Wolf said last week, Kenny Clark had some big plays in that game. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Kenny Clark was actually doing some things that was frustrating in the middle. Kendrick Green got on a couple, got in a, got in a bad position a couple times. Trey Turner, you know, struggled a little bit with some of the upfield motion. But for the most part, when they were double teaming, I mean, they were they were getting some good success, good push, but you can't get shy from it. And I thought they did a good job of handling the running game early on, but you know, it was just that kind of play action off of it was was starting to click, and then you know it was some errant throws and some uh, and some receivers missing some balls. Yeah, um, I really thought Pat Fryer move could have been used more in this game, um, just because he was such a difference maker in the middle of the field, and he had so many different opportunities where he was open. And you know, it was something that Wolf and I talked about 
And as I saw it in the game, I'm like, ah, you know, this is a, you know, this is a Green Bay team that kind of got exposed by tight ends throughout the season. Sure. And they were, they were dealing with some injuries in the middle of the defense there as well, too. Yeah, because Chris Barnes w- w- was not in there, and you had uh, was it Owen? Oh, I can't say Owen Burks. Burks, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and at the uh, and, and and I'm like, gosh, we could have used him. I mean, you saw Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. Ebron, two targets, two catches, um, really taking advantage. So I just felt like there was some more opportunities there, um, given it. But there was different pressures, right? And you know, the offensive line tried to hold up, and a lot of the pet, but. Once again, this is I don't think that's a strong suit of them. You've got to get more run action, more play action than pass. These guys are not built for passing game. And you had a you had a position where you had the lead at the beginning of this game. Yeah. And could have kept the pace going if we stuck with this game plan. So it was it was frustrating. Yeah, no, that's that's where I want to go. We're up against a break here, but when we come back, I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about some of that that usage on offense, a little more about Fryer Muth, a little more about Najee Harris in the game plan, kind of continuing this conversation. Max Starks, Wesley Euler in today uh, for Wolf here in the locker room. You know where to get involved. We've got a couple of you on the phone lines already. We will get to your calls as we roll along here. You are in the locker room on a Monday on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. Right now we're just a little bit off, and, and, and I'll um, I'll look in the mirror and start start pointing the thumb at me, figuring out um, you know how to make it better. This is in the locker room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Ben Roethlisberger there talking about how the rhythm of the offense is off. There'll be some rhythm tonight at Heinz Field. Ah, Mick Jagger will be strutting up and down the sidelines at Heinz Field tonight. The Rolling Stones in town at Heinz Field. Max Starks, Wesley Euler with you here in the locker room. Max, I know you're a pretty hip guy. I mean, you you referenced Squid Game there in the first segment. You had me laughing over here. Have you ever seen the Rolling Stones in concert? You know what? I have not seen the Stones live. They performed at halftime of Super Bowl Forty. Um, so I was in the same. So you were a few, yeah, you were a few Stones. yards away. <laughs> but definitely priorities had, had the ears clogged that night. So I, I wasn't trying to listen uh, for what they were singing. But I, I am a Stones fan. I do like their music. Um, but yeah, th- this one that they haven't come out to where I've been. Uh, when I when I've lived there, so it, it's one of those keep missing each other. Maybe one day, me and Mick Jagger will will uh, will have a moment and meet each other. <laughs> yeah, just a just a few hours from now, they're opening the lots down at Heinz Field. Hopefully, the weather holds out for everyone going to the show tonight. Max, I wanted to continue what we started um, discussing there in the opening segment, talking about this offense, um, some of those game plan things, some of those rhythm conversations you touched a little bit on Pat Fryermuth and in his usage there at the end of our opening segment 
I, I wanted to ask you, I, I know you've seen it. I think everybody in, in Steeler Nation, it doesn't matter if you're on the media side of things, if, if you're on the fan side of things, or maybe a combination of both. They've seen the charts and just how now through four games, and that is you're starting to build a a sample size there. There's just not a lot of uh, onus on attacking the middle of the field, it feels like, for this Steelers offense. Pat Fryermuth, we've seen when he's been targeted, he's done well. You know, one target, one reception uh, yesterday against the Packers through the first few games, he had five receptions on five targets it, it feels like he's sure-handed out there and I think particularly maybe some of the woes that we've seen in the red zone could be helped by Pat Fryermuth as well but why do you think that is that, that they just for it feels like there's just not an onus on attacking the middle of the field and, and maybe even you could you could spin it another way you could say that they're just in large part avoiding that at a lot of times you know I I because I, I don't know what the um you know, what, what the reads are, the progression um, for Pat. And because Pat is a rookie, uh, you know, where does he get in the pecking order? You know, you got Deontay sure. back, Juju's still healthy. You know, are those your one and two? And then, of course, Najee, right, your first-round draft pick. Um, he's getting the volume. <laughs> like, he, he is the guy that when you're like, okay, we got to get this done. Okay, let's go through Najee. Um, you know, you have all those, and then you get to Pat, right? He's like the fourth option in this offense. So does he take that same type of priority in the passing progression? Hmm. And so I think that's kind of where we get to it. And then as you get in the rhythm of the game, you know, he kind of gets forgotten about, even though he's running great routes and, and he is a safety valve um, for Ben and a lot of the hot situations when they do blitz. So it, it's one of those. It's frustrating. And, you know, I haven't gotten to watch the film to really get a critical eye on how many times he was open versus where he was. I just know in the moment and watching the game from the sideline, there were there felt like there was opportunities, especially in the fourth downs, because those would stick out in my mind the most. Right. The most aggressive moment you have to be and who can get you downfield. I think he was there and we throw behind the line of scrimmage or we throw a we throw a route that's short of the sticks as opposed to having some sticks routes in there where you kind of get beyond the sticks and you drive back on it to get to the line of right, right to the line sure, of the game. Sure. Um, so it, it's, it, it was, a, it was, it was something that you just, I never felt the rhythm of the game, like watching green Bay, they were out of rhythm and then they were in rhythm. And then Randall Cobb kind of just, just, made those big plays downfield. We just didn't have those big plays downfield enough uh, when the game mattered because we did on that last touchdown drive. Um, but that, at that point, you're already you're already out. And sure. um, I think that's one of the things that was making it frustrating. It was like, ah, what? oh, now it comes back into play. Right. And that's where I think really, you know, Met Canada and Ben need to sit down and have that conversation. Um about getting him his own no huddle package Hmm. not the two minute package not that extended thing but a real no huddle package and the rest of the team has to get on board and understand what he's trying to do i think that has to be a priority for this team because that could possibly be the missing codex right when you're trying to figure it out you need a rosetta stone of some sort 
that bridges the language and the philosophies together. And I think that's one of those things that can be that bridge. And it, it has to come to a point where you have to compromise with the personnel you have versus the philosophy that you carry. Um, that's just how great coaches do. You, you make that adjustment because we've seen that it's not linking together just yet. Right. And that's the frustration. No, yeah, it absolutely is. And I, I think that's very well said. I know that that's very well said by you. You have to – you have to blend what you want to do as an offense, as a coordinator, as a coach, right, with the personnel that you have and what best suits their skill set. And it does. You know, it, it seems like they are still trying to figure that out here early on in, in Matt Canada's tenure as offensive coordinator. But as we all know, you know, that's that's life in the National Football League. you got to hop on that moving train and get these things moving in the right direction, particularly as you're heading into week five here. Max, I, I wanted to ask you because you did kind of touch on it there a little bit. What do you make of, you know, when we're talking about everyone getting on the same page and, and figuring some of these things out and what works best for the offense and, and how you tailor this to Ben's skill set and, and still get your best playmakers involved as well, too? I, I think maybe we, we did bury the lead here a little bit, almost a half an hour into the show, and we still haven't talked about um, some of those misconnections between Ben and Juju. I think particularly the two stand out, right? One early, one I, I believe in the third quarter it was. Um, both felt like opportunities for big plays. The first one felt like it would have been a surefire touchdown for the Steelers. Uh, the second one at least would have set them up with one of those big chunk plays, those splash plays, and, and put the offense in business on uh, on Green Bay's half of the field. When you see that, um, you know, two guys that, that have the chemistry together, it's not like this is Juju's first season. Him and Ben have played a lot together. I think particularly last season, uh, Juju was – you know, to to use to steal a term from Craig Wolfley, in a lot of ways, Juju was that whoopee for Ben Roethlisberger last season. When the offense was having success early on in the year, it felt like Juju was always the guy on possession downs. You know, third down, Ben was looking his way, and that connection was there. Uh, there is chemistry between these two. There is a, a large sample size. When you see those misconnections in what feels like in big moments that could have really turned the tide for the Steelers offense when you are an offense that, you know, to put it mildly, desperately needs those type of plays right now, where do you kind of come down and evaluate? And again, I'm sure you want to, you know, look at it a little bit more as I do. I'm excited to go home and watch the game again this evening. But those those misconnections between Ben and Juju stand out to me because that's not, you know, that's not between a quarterback and a rookie. That's that's two guys that, that should have the chemistry and should be on the same page. Yeah, I mean, it was a frustrating uh, moment to watch both of those plays. I think even more so uh, the one in the third quarter, because I was actually in the end zone. Okay. I was sitting in the end zone, so I was watching it from that viewpoint. And it was one of those things that you saw it, and I felt like Juju kind of was was widening the route a little bit wider than he needed to. Um, He was on the numbers and coming into the hashes on, on, on a post route. And it was just like, like he kind of bit the route a little bit too much and then came in a little bit too late. If he would just stayed on track and then bend it inside, I felt like that was a perfect connection. And, you know, you're right. I mean, that could have been big play alone, if not touchdown, just from the 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 positioning yeah but it was like man you know i would i jumped up and down. i was so frustrated because i was like oh my god it was there you know and that's one of the things where like you know you wish juju or ben could have had that moment back and one or the other 
Um, but, you know, Ben's expecting a guy to be at a spot, especially when you're trying to look off a safety on one side of the field and come back to it. So that's where that trust has to be. And for Juju, you can't necessarily freestyle it. And I know you want to widen him so that you can cut off to give you a little bit more room to catch. Sure. But at the same time, if Ben's depending on a target and he's coming back to you, you got to stay where, where it is or else you, or else you miss those opportunities. Um, and then of course, Ben going a little bit errant on that first one. And that, that was kind of the tail of the tape, right? There was a couple of times where it was just, just too wide mm-hmm. or the one that he tried to go to Deontay in the third quarter. Um, he was throwing, I want to say he was throwing to the left. Deontay came on a comeback and it kind of skipped right before yes. it got to yes. him. And you're just like, oh, it's like Ben would have been able to drive on that ball a little bit more, just put it a foot higher. It would have been a difference in the game. Um, and then at the end of the game, I mean, Ben took a shot. And you could see on that last one, he couldn't drive on the ball, uh, that interception play at the end of the game. And, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was that left leg and trying to drive on the ball as a right-handed quarterback, you got to drive into that left leg and not being able to, um, yeah, it, it was one of those things where you're just like, ah, at that moment, it just, yeah, it, it was a moment where you, you watch it and you get frustrated and you're, and you, you know, you're upset because you know, as a fan, we're almost there, but it's like, how many more opportunities are going to pass? Right. We're almost there. Games we could have won or been competitive into the end. Um, and, you know, you lose those opportunities. And, you know, let's face it, that's been three opportunities now um, where we just haven't gotten started. And this one doesn't hurt you as bad, but you're firmly in fourth place in the AFC North. Hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. being, being a one in three football team, especially seeing Cleveland win yesterday. Mm-hmm. Baltimore win, and then of course Cincinnati win. All three of the other teams in your division won. Yep. Um, and so that's where you're just like, man, you know, this is this is not going in the right direction right now. Um, hate to say that in October, but you you've got to have it. And there's one extra game this year. And yes, we're losing guys, you know, and we're getting guys back. That's the nature of football. That's the attrition in the NFL. You've got to be able to adapt to those things. And it's, it is a weird feeling. It, like, as you kind of explain that, it's, it's only October, but, you know, you're now uh, one and three, and, and you're looking around the division, and everybody else is three and one, and, and you know, uh, more fortunate in the health department, it feels like, you know, Ravens running back situation aside, maybe, um, and, and, and playing better, yeah. playing better football. It's just it's a weird position for the fan base, Max, too. Like I'm I'm 30 years old. Right. I mean, this is this is potentially going to be for I don't know, for lack of a better term, the longest Steelers season of, 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 you know, since I was 11 or 12 years old. I mean, it's been since 2003 that the Steelers legitimately were not playing meaningful football in December. Right. They've had years where they've missed the playoffs, but they've always been in the hunt. They've made. Um, you know, they've won enough games, they've been in enough position that they're playing meaningful football still in December, even if the season ends without a postseason berth. There is that real, you know, this is a fan base that hasn't been in a position like this for, for almost 20 years, going on, you know, a, a, a two full decades here, about 18 seasons. And I do think, you know, when, when you when it feels like you have these moments in these big games where you're so close to putting it together, it feels like it's there. You just reach out and you can't quite grasp it. I do think some of that frustration and some of that angst is is palpable today. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, because this is this is the reality where you're sitting there and you're like, man, I mean, we still have 13 more games left. Yep. Um, five division games as well, too. Yeah, five division games. Like, if you're on this cusp in the right way, then you feel inspired that, ah, we're not out of it yet. But at the same time, when the offense looks that disjointed, it's tough to have that kind of intensity and that type of excitement, right? Sure. I mean, yes, you'd like to have said in this game, we broke a curse. We broke an 11 game curse, Wes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we finally scored in the first quarter and on the first opening drive of a game. Like that hadn't happened for 11 games. That's all the, that's like, all the good juju you're hoping for early on right there on the yeah, road, so on the road like, up in Lambeau as well, too. Yeah, historic Lambo. Like it gives Aaron Rodgers like this is what you needed to do to take the crowd out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, almost eighty thousand people there yesterday, and it and you just have this kind of swag and and confidence, and then chop. The, then the, the Packers just started chopping wood against you, and you thought that you were going to have some things where you could fall back into some comfort zones, and just things were sputtering. Uh, you give the defense a short field. At one point, it was like very lopsided by the third quarter where, you know, Green Bay had 10 more minutes time of possession than the Steelers. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of started to right the ship um, as we got further into the third and into the fourth, kind of came more to balance. But it was like the damage was already done. Uh, and so you're trying to play catch up. And that was one of the frustrating things was, you just had those misconnections, or you had a missed hole in the run game. That was another thing. I, I'm blessed and fortunate by being on the field that I could stand in a lot of places and see a lot of different perspectives as the game goes on. So I like to stand in the end zones. Hmm. So because I can see what the line sees, I can see what the quarterback sees, and I can see what the running backs see. And it gives you that perspective when you're scanning left or right. And there was a couple times now you missed the hole um, on a cutback which was funny because if you watch what Green Bay was doing, that's all Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon were doing. Yep. yep. Just front side, one cut back side, boom, gasher. And Najee was kind of a little too quick to either press it front side and then keep it front side by bouncing it versus kind of that backside cutoff. And also a couple times where the offensive line did not get that reach on the backside that would have opened that hole and made it a little bit clearer. But Najee's a little quick on his read a little bit more patience, not levy on patience, but just a little bit more patience and have that cut back eye to look out to the, you know, the backside of that, of the left eye when you're, when you're running right to see if that hole's there and if you can gash it, I feel like he's getting a little bit too quick to the line of scrimmage and then trying to make a move. Whereas, you know, you kind of scan it one more lateral step, maybe then you could plant your foot and get it to the backside or, you know, when he does, when he does cut it back to the backside, stick your foot and go north. Like, sure. don't dance. Don't dance a couple of times. There's a couple of times he danced, and, uh, and you know, it, it, it resulted in a lot less yards than what could have been had you just stuck your foot and just went face first into it. Um, but, I mean, that, that's also him learning, you know, this game and getting the requisite reps. He's getting a lot of reps. But, you know, just getting that rhythm for himself. So, I mean, it's a lot of just little things here and there. And I know fans want to just jump on and say, hey, it's Ben. He's washed up. Let's go for Mason Rudolph. I, mean, <laughs> I get that. 
I get that's where you're that's where you're at, right? You know, blame it on the old thing, right? Not the new thing. But there is a you know, there is a Ben Civil a War of, going on, Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, there is, and I'm like, you know, it's one of those things. There's a reason why he has not been usurped. You know what I'm correct. saying? Like, correct. It's not. It's not like, oh my gosh, we're purposely doing this. No, it's you know, go prove the best opportunity to win is still Ben on this team on this roster, the way you're currently constructed. He gives you that. How many touchdowns did Mason score in the preseason? Hmm. Uh, none, I believe. Or was exactly. it one? Was it one? Did he lead one touch? I, it was either none or one, Max. Not not exactly a, a glowing a performance. Lot <laughs> a, a lot of field goal drives. A lot of field goal drives. Goal drives. Yep. You know, and Ben goes in and in three series has two touchdowns in three series. So you tell me who who got it better. You know, when you're looking at that, that's the last thing we saw where it was open competition where we could see it. Yes. So, I mean, that's where people just need to pump the brakes on that. And uh, yes, there is some, there's some 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 segmenting going on as far as that is but i mean this is something that it's a pro it's a work in progress it is it is matt canada is still getting used to ben ben is still getting used to him and they're having their moments and it's still an adjustment because you have to remember matt canada's not on the sidelines he's up in the booth right so ben can't talk to him readily like he has to go to a phone and have that conversation with him and that's different ben has spent 17 years having his coordinator on the sidelines with him to where you can work through these things and talk through these things live and in person, as opposed to playing a game of telephone. So that's an adjustment in and of itself that people don't really, I think, pay attention to or give much credence to, but that's an adjustment. You know, I mean, if I can come to the sidelines and talk to you directly and we have that kind of rapport as opposed to listening in a headset or in the, in the little microphone in my helmet, and that's the only interaction. We don't have that face to face. That's different. Yeah. That, that That's a different perspective. It's a different thing to have to deal with. And so I think that's where I'm just, it's, you're torn. You're torn, but I'm just like, I have to keep giving it a shot. I said six weeks, I'm going to give it six weeks. I got two more weeks to see where, where, where the chips fall, but you got Denver coming to town. We'll see. Teddy Bridgewater's injured. So I'm hoping that this is an opportunity, but it's another defensive challenge um, that, that the Steelers are going to have to face. How do they answer? The offensive line has to keep coming along in this process and give give us a reason. Give an offensive coordinator a reason to continue to call the run and institute that run because this team is a lot better when play action is an option versus just straight drop back. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. It's you know, I think that is the easy fan thing to do. We either want to, you know, it's it's that that civil war fraction, right? It's it's either all Ben's fault and he's washed, or it's none none of Ben's fault at all, and it's all on the offense and the wide receivers in the line. When the true answer lies somewhere there in the middle, and and you got to get this thing moving in the right direction. That's the challenge that the Steelers do face with the Broncos, and and yeah, talented defense with a talented pass rush coming to Heinz Field now, uh, six days from now max starks wesley euler in the locker room on a monday still plenty to get to we got to talk a little bit more about the offense got to discuss the defense and you know of course we're gonna talk about that controversy were they offsides or were they not did the steelers get hosed we'll get to all of that we'll get to some of your calls on the other side as well too 412-919-1316 if you want to join in on the conversation he's max starks i'm wesley euler in for wolf in the locker room on espn pittsburgh and snr 
got to have those plays, you know, particularly when we're, we're not playing as well as we'd like, you know. Chunks eliminate a lot of execution, we say, in the coaching business. And by that, I mean, if you're not playing clean splash plays or chunks of real estate aid you. And so uh, we're not playing clean enough and we're not getting enough chunks to offset it. And that's why we're having the conversation that we're having. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You got Wes in for Wolf here on a Monday. Max Starks, as always, you're in the locker room. Thanks for joining us here on a big Monday in Pittsburgh. A lot to discuss for the Steelers. Also, the greatest rock and roll band of all time, the Rolling Stones at Heinz Field. That's the that's the mojo that we need right there. The Stones, Mick Jagger, Keith coming to Heinz Field. They're going to bless it with some great music. And then, you know, that all that good juju and the Steelers will take care of business the next two weeks and get this thing moving back in the right direction. That worked for you, Max. Is that fair? That's what we need. We need the Stones yeah, I, tonight I, I, for the juju. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take any juju, blessing. Uh, hex curse anything that puts us in a victorious position I will take it right about now I, I am I am good with it and no, none better than Mick Jagger dancing around the stage and of course Keith Richards and his immortality uh you know just just <laughs> just, just, just maybe spill a little blood on the field I, I mean I don't know I don't there know we go. I'm not sure I'll there take we go. Anything right now. No, I mean, I, we need a victory. Yeah, you and you and me both. Come on, Mick Jagger, you're our only hope. Bring us some good juju, yeah. some good vibes down to Heinz Field. Let's go to the phone lines here. We've had a, a bunch of you guys hanging on as you do the loyal listeners in the locker room. Let's get some reaction here as we uh, close out the first hour of the show. Let's go to our buddy Juan down in Charleston, South Carolina. What's up, Juan? How we doing? Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Hey, can't complain. Do it all right, Juan. Hey, first of all, let me get a start. Let me get a shout out to the crew, the Dirty Dozen. And let's get on to this game. Um, right before halftime, the ref screwed us. Even Gene Steratol came out and said, he said, Joe Hayden did not jump offside. He timed it perfectly. But you guys got to say. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Max, I knew that this was going to be a big talking point. Yeah. Yeah, we, it was, I just watched, I just watched it again and I, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> I have to admit I'm pissed again, all over again. Uh, because, and that flag came late. It wasn't an immediate flag. That's the other thing. It was like, yep, the guy had to yep. talk himself into believing it. And I, cause I was on that side when that happened, I was actually behind the side judge that threw it. And I'm watching the play, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the play we need. Yes, yes, yep. yes. I'm like, why did he throw the flag? And I'm like, well, maybe he jumped, and I didn't see. I was like, or somebody else jumped in the interior. I don't know. But I just watched the play again. And no, no, he didn't jump. It was a great jump by him. Yep. Because he moves as that ball gets snapped. And he had yep. a great jump on the edge defender and cut the corner just right. So, no, that was a, that was a call that could have changed the entire complexion of the game that we lost in that moment based off judgment. Yeah, I agree with you because we would have been up seventeen fourteen at halftime. That would have been a good because I was watching. I was big like, difference. Right, we got a little mojo going on because 
Ben throw the deep ball on the first play to um, Deontay. I said, all right, we might do a little something here. So, yeah, the refs screwed us out that one. And then also, but, um, Juju and Ben, I thought they had a little chemistry going on. But last couple of games, the chemistry is not funny because you got to remember, Juju had two 90-yarders his first season. So I think those two need to hurry up and get it to going, what you guys got to say. Yeah, they, they Juan, they, they need – how do I want to put this? They need areas on offense where they know that they can cut their teeth, right? Like areas where they know that they can hang their hat and, and, and have some comfort there, have some success there. And it feels like Juju is, is one of those prime candidates. Him and Ben have, have been together now for, for, for a few years. Um, like I said earlier, it really felt like last season, a lot of those, you know, when the Steelers were 7-0, and 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, and stacking those wins, a lot of those ways they were able to get out of those stadiums with wins was Ben finding Juju late in games in big moments, you know, third downs, possession downs, Steelers need a first down, it's it's third and six, you know, to, to keep the drive alive and keep the defense off the field, and Ben's looking to Juju, and, and they had that connection um, that is one of those things that you'd like to get moving in the right direction. Again, we, we know this offense, like Max has pointed out, rightfully so, was going to take some time. Um, but, but you need those, those things that you can hang your hat on and, and know areas that, all right, when, when we don't have much that's working for us and we don't have much that's going in our, our favor, in our direction, we know we've got this connection here. Um, I think you need Ben and Juju to be that in this moment. Yeah, I agree with you. And also, the last thing I'll let you guys go, I'm not pushing a panic button yet. Hey, 20, it says 23 teams that started one and three and made the playoffs. Hmm. And guess what? Guess what? And guess one of the teams that was on that list, the 21, the 2001 um, New England Patriots, and that started their dynasty. So I'm not pushing a panic button yet. So I think we're gonna get it together. So we got a chance. And and there was the um, 92 Chargers. They started one five and they made the playoffs. So we got we we gonna get it together. I think. Hey. Extra yes. extra game, extra wild card team now for the second straight year. That it feels doom and gloom today, but there is there is still plenty of uh of turkey on that table, one for sure. Yeah, and we got the next yeah. four out of five at home, so hopefully we can get it together. Yeah, no, well said, well yeah. said, Juan. I, I I'm with you on that, um, and we appreciate the call, partner. Thank you as always. All right, thank you guys. I have a good yeah. one. Thanks, Juan. Uh, you, you too, too Juan. Yeah, Max, is that, is that a real tangible thing? You know, when you look at it, you're struggling, right? You, you need to start getting some things moving in your right direction. Is that a real tangible benefit, you know, for your next five at home, an opportunity to travel less to, to, to get right? Is, is that a real thing, or you know what? It, it doesn't matter. You just got to find a way regardless of where you're playing. I mean, you still got to find a way regardless of where you're playing because when you think about, okay, how do you get into a position of prominence – for a playoff spot. Well, you got to defend home first and foremost, and then you've got to split on the road. So it shouldn't matter because you have to do that. Now they've answered the call on splitting on the road because <laughs> <laughs> they're one and one, right? Uh, that's half the equation, but the home dominance is not there. Two opportunities, two losses um, in those moments. And it was one of those things. This game right here could have done so much for the yeah. story. Yeah. Because the two and two that you feel today, had you beaten Green Bay, says it's growing pains because you can wash away Las Vegas, who's turning into be a very good team. Right. We'll we'll see tonight how they how how they how they fare if they can stay undefeated, but. 
you know, Cincinnati also looking like a team that has finally grown with all those formidable. Top 10 yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. All those top 10 first round draft picks are finally paying off after all these years. Um, so you could have understood it because you had a Buffalo and a Green Bay on your, uh, you know, notched on your belt, right? Sure. Feathers in your cap. Uh, but now sitting here one and three, it's like, man, was that a fluke week one? That's what you start to think in the back of your mind because you don't see the cohesion across the board. Sure, that linear and, progression maybe too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we saw the moments. Like I said, having those bugaboos, coming out, starting out fast. We wanted to see that, but then we realized – you know, just like when I, if I tried to run right now, first 20 yards look great. <laughs> Sad part is, it's a mile. <laughs> no, without a doubt. And it that is. It looks great short. <laughs> it look, look at looking great out of the blocks, but then after that, we're running out of juice really fast. Yeah, we got to gotta find a way to keep some, some wind under those sails for sure, and, and maybe coming back home to Heinz Field. Uh, will we'll help in that conversation. Uh, first hour in the books. Another hour still to go here in the locker room. 412-919-1316. If you want to jump in on the conversation, Ed and CR, stay on the line. We'll get to you guys in the second hour of the show. I do want to talk a little bit more uh, from Max's vantage point about um, what we saw on that that call on Joe Hayden, the controversy there. We'll spend a little bit more than than just the two minutes or so that we did there. We also got to talk about the defense a little bit in the second hour of the show as we continue to get to your reaction. So don't go anywhere. He's Max Starks. I'm Wesley Euler in today for Wolf in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.